to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. As I was, you know, crying out to the Lord recently in regard to a particular person, the Lord said to me, you know, if you prayed for them as much as you worry about them and as much as you lecture them, things would happen a lot more quickly in their lives. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Genesis. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Genesis chapter 22, verses 6 through 14, in a message titled, The Lord Will Provide. Now here's Pastor Brian. He said, adoption is the highest privilege the gospel offers higher even than justification. And this is his reasoning. Where justification is a forensic idea, adoption is a family idea conceived in terms of love and viewing God as father. In adoption, God takes us into his family and fellowship. He establishes us as his children and heirs. Closeness, affection, and generosity are at the heart of the relationship. And this is what he says finally. He says, to be right with God the judge is a great thing. To be loved and cared for by God the Father is a greater. I agree with him. This is the highest privilege that the gospel offers. You see, we're not simply declared righteous, but we're, we're brought into a full family relationship with God. And the implications of adoption, huge. They're glorious. Let me list a few of the implications of adoption. Material provision. Material provision. What parent doesn't provide for their children? Any good parent does that. Any decent parent does that. Any parent that's worth the title parent does that. In adoption, God has become our father. God has become our father. And so the implication in adoption, one of them anyway, is that of material provision. God is going to take care of his children. And didn't Jesus teach us that very thing when he said, consider the birds? They neither sow nor reap. They don't gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. You see, Jesus expects us to believe 
that God will provide for us. Jesus was telling us essentially not to worry about life because the words are, are literally take no anxious thought for your life. It wasn't take no thought, don't think about the future. It's take no anxious thought. In other words, don't be filled with anxiety about the future. Don't be worried about the future. This is something that we can have absolute confidence in because of adoption, material provision. Secondly, we can depend on instruction. What parent doesn't instruct their children? Of course, again, any good parent does that very thing. And, and we can expect, because of this relationship, we can expect God to instruct us. So when we come to the Bible, we come to it with expectation, don't we? We come to the Bible fully expecting God to speak to us, fully expecting God to instruct us, fully expecting God to give us insight and understanding and, and correction if need be, whatever the case might be. And we can do so expectantly. We ought to do that expectantly. That's what you expect in this kind of a relationship between a father and their children. Another implication of adoption is guidance. Again, what parent isn't, isn't going to seek to guide their children? I love this part of parenting. To just, you know, be there and to be available and be ready in an instant. Oh, you know, on those occasions when my kids call me and they're looking for guidance, you know, Dad, what, what do you think I had to do about this? I'm so excited to give them input. I'm so excited to help point them in the right direction. Again, this is something that we can fully expect from our relationship with the Father. He's going to guide our lives. We can expect divine guidance. We can depend on him to guide us. Another implication is protection. And again, of course, a good parent protects. We protect our children. We do our best to watch over them and to make sure they're safe. And we, as God's children, we can depend on his protection. We can trust him that, that he's with us. And he's going to guard us and he's going to keep us. And I would imagine, as you probably have thought and maybe heard before, I would imagine that there have been many more near misses in our lives than we have ever realized. Maybe someday we'll get to look back and sort of see it, you know, from the other side. And you just think, wow, Lord, you really were protecting me, weren't you? You really were watching out for me. Finally, another grand implication of adoption is communion. Communion. Intimacy. Close fellowship to the point of, of deep friendship. Remember what Jesus said to the apostles? He said, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but 
I call you friends. Because all things that the Father has made known to me, I have made known to you. And so we have this this intimacy through adoption. We have this amazing intimacy with the Lord. Where we can commune with him, where we can talk with him. And he responds to us. He speaks to us. He speaks to our hearts. And it doesn't matter what the issue is, anything in life that you want to bring to him and discuss with him, we have that amazing privilege and opportunity. It's astounding that we have this kind of intimacy with the Lord. Now, of course, people outside will look on and think, you guys are nuts. What are you talking to God? I mean, come on. How do you talk to God? Well, it's a reality if you're in a relationship with him. We cry out to him. We speak to him. And he speaks back to us. He speaks to our hearts. What a beautiful thing communion is. It's one of those implications of adoption. To be right with God the judge is a great thing. To be loved and cared for by God the Father is a greater. And that's it. And remember how Jesus, when he prayed, you remember how he would say himself, Abba. He would use that Aramaic term that is the equivalent of Papa to us or even Daddy. And then Paul tells us that because we are sons, because we've been adopted, that the spirit of adoption has been sent forth into our hearts, so we also cry out, Abba, Father. It's so precious to be able to cry out to the Lord, to be able to bring everything and just lay it out before him to bring our concerns, our cares, our frustrations, our dislikes, our discouragements. And you know, I do that pretty regularly, actually. And the greatest thing of all is to find how God responds. And I was thinking about it today as I was, whatever I was doing, I was thinking about it. (laughs) But you know, I was just thinking about the things that God's spoken to me recently. And they're very precious things. And they're very helpful, very liberating things, taking the burden off of my shoulders, you know, as we're exhorted to do, casting our cares upon him because he cares for us. And and I was just thinking how, you know, as I've been crying out to the Lord over some things recently and how the Lord has just come along and said, now, Brian, you know, here, let, let's take this thing that you're stressed out about and, and let me show you how to deal with it. Let me show you what to do with it. And it's been great. Now, it would be even greater if I would do what he told me to do because <laughs> that's my problem. I kind of keep drifting back into, you know, trying to handle it myself as we often do. But, you know, if we just really grab hold of, okay, Lord, this is what you told me to do, and this is what I'm going to do, you know, it's, it's so good. It's so liberating 
it really sets you free, just knowing, okay, Lord, you're in, you're in charge. You're in control. As I was, you know, crying out to the Lord recently in regard to a particular person, the Lord said to me, you know, if you prayed for them, as much as you worry about them, and as much as you lecture them, things would happen a lot more quickly in their lives. The Lord really spoke that to me very clearly because my tendency is to worry, to get frustrated, to lecture, to, and you know, it doesn't look like any progress is being made and then I'm discouraged. And the Lord just says, you know, the problem is you're not praying. You need to pray. And how liberating that is. It's like, oh, God, what am I thinking? Of course, that's what I need to do. But what I'm sharing that with you just to simply say, that's the kind of intimacy that we can expect, can expect from the Lord because we have this, this Abba relationship. We can come to him with that heart that just says, Papa, Daddy. That's what we have through adoption. There are so many things, one more we'll touch on. And again, remember, this is all, keep the connection back to the Lord will provide. These are the things that he's provided. This was what was contained in that, that, prop, that prophetic promise that was given. The last thing we'll mention is glorification. Glorification. What does that mean? Well, that's where we're headed. That's where we're going. Paul, in writing to the Thessalonians, he said an amazing thing that is so often passed by. But he said that through the gospel, we have been called to the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ. That is astounding. We've been called to share in the glory of Christ. When Christ comes to be glorified among those, we're, we're going to share with him in that glory. And glorification is where everything is headed. This is where it's all going. Paul put it this way. Jesus Christ will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. You see, one day... We're going to be glorified. And that's, again, connected back to the Lord will provide. This is what he's provided. He's provided redemption. He's provided propitiation. He's provided justification. He has provided adoption. And he will ultimately provide for us glorification. And as John says, beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We're going to be glorified. And Paul, when he writes about this whole great issue of salvation in the eighth chapter of Romans, he says in verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he did also predestine 
to be conformed to the image of his son. And those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Paul speaks of glorification as though it has already occurred. That's how certain it is. It is that certain. God is going to bring us to glory. He's going to safely lead us right to the shores of heaven. Yesterday, I had one of the most profound, maybe is the word, experiences of my life in ministry. I received a phone call yesterday morning that a friend was right at death's doorstep. I didn't even know this person was ill. And so I immediately made my way down south to see if I could get there in time. And I did. And there I sat with this friend, this man, that I had the privilege of leading him to Christ. He was our first full-fledged adult convert. He was in his late 50s. And he became just one of the dearest, most precious brothers that I've ever known in my life. Just always there with a prayer, always there with a smile, always there with a helping hand. Just one of the, you know, just truly one of the great children of God. And there he was, lying in his bed, and was able to sit with him, just hold hands, pray for him, read some scriptures to him, sing some hymns, and see him pass into heaven. And, you know, it just struck me afterwards just how, what a privilege it was to have been able to be instrumental in his coming to faith and then for God to allow me the opportunity to just sort of walk him right to the gate of heaven. It was one of those beautiful moments just with full and complete and total confidence that he was entering into glory. One of the ladies that was there, she was one of the hospice workers, and she was, you know, kind of a new age type of a perspective on things, no doubt. When I came in, she was sort of hovering over him, putting off positive vibes and... (laughs) We quickly, as nicely as we could, just sort of dismissed her. (laughs) He's okay. He doesn't need that. But afterwards, you know, she said, oh, that was so wonderful. And, you know, she just was going on and on. And there were a couple of us there. And we just said, well, you know, what a privilege to be able to lead our friend right to the gate of heaven. That's what we did today. And so he's glorified. Within a a few moments, 
he was glorified. That's where we're headed. Whom he justified, he also glorified. Jehovah Jireh, God provides. And all of these terms that we've looked at, and we haven't exhausted the list, we could go on, we don't have time. But all of these are just different facets of the one single term, salvation. So you see, when, when we say, I'm saved, all of these other things are implied in that word. You see how rich salvation is? This is, this is why we just need to keep meditating on the word and keep studying because all of this richness that's there, it, it will come out over time. But to close, let me just put it this way. In regard to salvation, we have been saved from and we have been saved to. We have been saved from the guilt of sin. That's justification. We've been saved from the guilt of sin. I'm no longer going to have to bear the punishment for my sins. I've been, I am being saved presently from the power of sin. That's sanctification. And there's this process where God is freeing me. He's delivering me. He's liberating me from sin's power over my life. And ultimately, I will be saved from the presence of sin. One day, we will no longer have a sin issue to deal with. The Lord's going to make all things new. So we've been saved from the guilt of sin, the power of sin, the presence of sin. We have been saved to the forgiveness of sin. We have forgiveness. God has wiped the slate clean. And when we go back over and over those same things, oh God, I'm sorry, and, but we've confessed them years ago, but then we keep going back over. Don't waste your time. You've been forgiven. We've been saved to the forgiveness of sins. Secondly, we've been saved to the indwelling presence of the Spirit. You see, now we have that spirit of adoption within us, crying out, Abba, Father. And we have that power of God in us, giving us victory over sin. And ultimately, I am saved to conformity to the image of Jesus Christ. When he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And all of these great and glorious things are the result of what we celebrated here tonight. The Lord providing. In the mountain of the Lord, it was provided. There on Calvary. And how we thank Him for that. For the month of November, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled 
a non-anxious presence, how a changing and complex world will create a remnant of renewed Christian leaders by Mark Sayers. Have you sensed anxiety in our culture? Have you been affected by the viral flow of anxiety sweeping through social media networks and institutions? Have you wrestled with the loss of personal comfort and stability? If you answered yes to these questions, then you have the opportunity for spiritual growth in response to God's invitation to grow with Him. In his book, A Non-Anxious Presence, Mark Sayers argues that because of the interconnectedness of the global culture, our world has shifted from being one that was complicated to one that is complex. A complicated world requires efficiency, but a complex world requires adaptability. And this is exactly what this book was designed to do, to help you learn how to adapt in our changing world for the benefit of spiritual growth. This book, A Non-Anxious Presence, How a Changing and Complex World Will Create a Remnant of Renewed Christian Leaders by Mark Sayers is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Genesis. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.